Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today Inside the Sound Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we are coming back to you with a third in a row Packers therapy session. God, Braun, Packers, <laughs> three and four, just lost to the Washington Commanders. I mean, what am I doing with my life? How are you? How am I? Uh, well, we had come into this show thinking that we were going to win this week because there's no way we'd lose to the Commanders after and we thought that last losing week to the Jets and Giants. And we did that. This has been a few weeks now. And, man, just it's very hard to grasp the fact that we have lost three games in a row to terrible, terrible football teams. Yeah, it's very hard to grasp. I, was, I feel like I was more sad than angry this week. You know, the past two weeks, we lose to the Giants, and it's like the defense, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. That three and out was bad, but it's like, wow, I was angry because we should have won that game. The Jets last week, the pass protection was god-awful. We know they can play better than that, and no one on the team looked like they showed up. This week, I was just really sad after the game, really, because it just looked like, it didn't really look like we played especially poorly. Feels like everyone was playing their best, you know? It's just like, wow, this is the team that we are. This is sad. I was more like, this was the first time I was really aggravated, I felt like. The other two games, I was okay. I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, looking beyond it, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, but I was aggravated at the end of that game. Just, I was pretty furious with some of the things that went on. I'm sure we'll get into it, but man, I don't know. Just another weird game, a rough one to, to watch because we got so close at the end and you're thinking this is the where we can turn it around and just get out of there with the win, go into next week with a win and like we're above 500 at least and now here we are below 500 through seven games and man, it's going to be a tough stretch coming up here too. So just a lot of rough feelings and rough emotions and a lot of questions, a lot of blame to be thrown around, but We'll try not to do that too much. Just a tough situation to be in as a football team. And the question looms, where do we go from here? How can we get back on track? And what will the reaction be to what the Packers do with the trade deadline coming up in the next week or so? The funny thing is, I don't even know how this is possible, but it feels like we've gotten worse as an offense, as a team. Like, our wins, they were ugly. You didn't feel really great about our wins, our three wins, but... It, we've gotten worse. Like, against the Patriots, we were moving the ball in the second half. We were scoring points. The Bears game, we were moving the ball, scoring points. We just can't do it now. It's impossible. Like, what happened? How are we worse now? It doesn't make any sense. And Matt LaFleur, after the game, he says all the same things that we mocked him for last week. He said them all. It's like he just has no clue that he says these things every week. You know, we got to be better. Wasn't good enough. Yada, yada, yada. He said all of that. And then he's, he, he mentioned today at his presser that there a lot of our mistakes are fixable, and that's a reason for optimism, which, yeah, it is in a certain, in a certain light. It is a reason for optimism. But it's week seven, and this team is continuing to get in their own way constantly it's infuriating i can't stand watching this crap man first down penalties are insane the drops are insane we can't stay ahead of the sticks no one's open when someone is open the o-line doesn't hold up when both of those things happen rogers misses the throw nothing is playing together everything sucks like what do you think Braun? is this the team that the packers are this year or is there any reason to hope that they can turn this around? The one thing that I would say when you you know you speak on those things and it's the truth, really 
I haven't seen a team come out and beat us this whole season. We have continuously really beat ourselves, and that's overused, and people say that a lot just kind of as an excuse. Um, but I, I really do think, like, we could have won these past three games, all three of them, and we probably should have at least two if you want to look at these past two. I felt like against the Giants, we definitely should have won that game, I feel like, based on the way we started out and we got out to a big lead against the Jets. We should have won that game, too, the way our defense was playing and we had opportunities to put points on the board and didn't. It was 3-3 at halftime. Like that, That's a game The score makes the game appear like we got blown out more than we really did in that game, I think. And that's a game you should win. And then you look at this week, and again, we controlled that whole football game up until we didn't. And that's the problem. That A lot of things that shouldn't have happened. I think the first big error was obviously Amari Rodgers fumbling that punt. And we were up 14-3 at that point, so you're thinking, I didn't okay. even care when that happened. I didn't even care because I was I didn't just... either. I'm just thinking, I, we're going to be in control of the game. And that was just right. a little bit of a setback. But... And then Jair dropping the pick right before that kind of caused that, you know, like just things like that. Also, you didn't have to care make about these that when it happened. When we can, otherwise, you don't get opportunities to make plays like that. You know, we have to go out there and do it when we get those chances, and we didn't, and that cost us. If we get a pick there, or if Amari Rodgers catches the punt, highly unlikely we lose that game the way we were playing on offense, and we could have blown them out, and that's what it looked like it was going to be. That's why I just continue to be like, how far are we from being really good? How far are we from being what we are now? Somewhere in the middle, even. And somewhere in the middle is probably just scraping out some wins out of these last three games. I think we're pretty close to doing that, and I think we're just as close to winning some of these games by b- big margins, even. And it's just these couple plays here and there that change the whole game, and it just it really sucks. But moving forward now, we have to figure out where we can go, and we have a really tough challenge against Buffalo coming up, but... We're just not we, – we, we have to play better. We have to do something. I don't know what it is, but it's just not good enough right now. We don't have the guys. We just don't have the guys to execute at a high level. And we're running out of games to lose like this. We've only – we've got four now. That's more than we've had in the last three years. Going 13-3 and three for three years in a row, I'm excluding the Lions game last year because we didn't play our starters. And now we're sitting at four losses through seven games. We don't have many games left to lose. No, and I was saying that last week, and it's still true now. Like, we, how many games are we going to drop to bad teams? Because we still have to play Buffalo, Philadelphia, L.A. We got to play Minnesota again. The schedule, Miami, the schedule's not getting any easier. And this is supposed to be, this is the portion of the schedule that after week three, everyone was pointing to and saying the Packers have a chance of being 6-1 and one going into Buffalo. And we finished this stretch 1-3, that one win being in overtime against Bailey Zappi. God, the Packers, they just, they're just not a good team right now. And you can't really put your finger on any one thing because it's everything. I think the, I think it weighs more heavily towards the offense than the defense but in terms of what's wrong with the offense I, I it's not just one thing it's everything everything just sucks and I'm watching Sunday night football last night through the lens of okay how are these teams moving the ball I forgot what it looks like I, what does an efficient offense look like and it doesn't make any sense to me how these teams have running people running open like these the Steelers have guys open and Kenny Pickett is making these throws you know, not a lot, but he's making throws and scoring points, and it's like, how are they doing this? What are we not doing? Because our supporting cast is terrible. Rodgers really has no one to throw to, but 
there, there are teams who have had to deal with that before. Rodgers has had to deal with that before. And these teams are still scoring points. What are we not doing? Is it with the play calling? I mean, are our guys really that especially terrible? Is Rodgers terrible? I don't think so. Then what is it? Why is everything so bad? I do think a lot of it has to do with the play calling and the fact that our guys, they're, they're just so... It's it's really hard, Griff, to even put it into words because it is just so hard to pinpoint. But the receivers are so... Like, we are so bad at that position. And most of the time, these teams are really... Apart from this past game, really, it's been a lot of, like, you can try to beat us in the passing game because we know your receivers aren't going to get open on us. And then the defenses kind of play their hand there and we're kind of forced to do different things. But we want to come in and try to throw the ball and get the offense going. And Sometimes we get into positions where we have to throw the ball because the running game just isn't working. It's so many things. The protection has been terrible all season. It has been so bad. We, we couldn't have predicted that. I, I think that was the one thing we expected to be a really strong point for our football team. And it has been so bad week after week that even going into this game, how many plays were there where Rodgers was designed to have the ball for more than like a second and a half in his hands? Not many. And the ones that he did, he's rolling out of the pocket. And the, But Matt LaFleur is calling these plays, these plays that are so short, they're moving the ball horizontally instead of vertically, they're throwing at the line of scrimmage, and Rodgers is doing that now more than ever. Why? Because they have no choice. These guys can't get open deep. The, the pass protection can't keep Rodgers upright for more than a second and a half at a, in a singular play, and they can't even rely on them to do so, especially when David Bakhtiari is not in the game. They can't. They have nothing to work with, and I'm pretty sure Matt LaFleur feels this way too, and that's probably why they're designing the game plan like this. I guarantee you, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur weekly are talking about, man, these guys just aren't good enough. And there's probably – and Brian is just not willing to make any significant moves – because he doesn't want to lose a trade, and it's not going to be enough to improve. So now we have to, if we're not going to go get outside help, which clearly Matt LaFleur has no control over any kind of personnel decisions other than the 53-man roster, he has no control over outside personnel acquisitions. Because I feel like he really wanted Will Fuller in 2020, and Brian was not willing to give up substantial assets to go and get him and I feel like he would have helped our football team even though some things happened with him that it wouldn't have worked out but at the time you're thinking he's a guy that you can bring in and we need a number two receiver now we trade our number one receiver this past offseason and we replace him with nobody so now what are we doing from a standpoint to try to operate an offense at a high level there is no there we just didn't have it Sammy Watkins Alan Lazard, Christian Watson is too young to really count on right now. Romeo Dobbs, fourth-round pick, you can't count on him to be any kind of replacement either. Randall Cobb is the only guy who has consistently played at a high level, in my opinion. And then you look at that group, and you go, wow, we have seven wide receiver threes at best. Some of those guys aren't even wide receiver threes. And we don't have a wide receiver two, and we don't have a wide receiver one. Allen has not been good enough. His calling card is, I'm going to block in the running game, and he hasn't done that at a high level this year. And he can now not catch passes, which is a a tragic development for his receiving ability. And he hasn't been making enough plays, and he certainly can't get open. We just are terrible from the wide receiver position. We can't protect up front. 
And then I don't know what to think now. And I'm positive that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are talking to each other each week, trying to develop a game plan. And they look at that roster and are puzzled each week trying to figure out how to make it work when Brian Gutekunst won't go out and make any additions that'll help the team. That could certainly be it. I've never thought about it through the lens of maybe Matt wants to make moves, but he really doesn't have any say over it, which could totally be the case, and it, it does appear that that may be the case. But God, it's so, it's so sad. It's such, I mean, we, we lose Devontae Adams in the Packers' response. <laughs> was nothing just nothing at all Sammy Watkins sure you know given his injury history it's probably not going to do much and and we talk about how it's a good thing that the rest of the NFC isn't very good which is true you know they're like other than you've got the Eagles the Vikings and the Giants who would have thought that was the case but those are the three teams who are really still winning games and are going to make the playoffs most likely but everyone else it's like okay it's a good thing that the Packers they don't really have any competition except we do have competition with all these teams because we're one of those teams with a record that's just we're three and four and we're in a spot where teams that we didn't have high expectations for are now ahead of us in the playoffs like teams like Seattle they're ahead of us with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett wow it's crazy what two wide receivers can do for you right Arizona are ahead of us Atlanta they're ahead of us Dallas Washington who we just lost to now they are ahead of us in the NFC playoff standings like this is just there's so many teams and yet the NFC East with Philadelphia, Dallas, and the New York Giants, those three teams are probably going to make the playoffs, which means we're all fighting for that last seven seed. And we're fighting so many teams because our record just isn't good at this point. We have to start winning games, and it's not going to get any easier because we have to play Buffalo and all those teams I mentioned before. And we haven't shown once this season that we can play uh, like a true contender. We haven't looked like it at all. This is just terrible. This is terrible. I hate watching this team. I hate I hate this year's team, man. It's so sad. Let it out, Griffin. This is a Packers therapy session after all. God, man. It sucks. I mean, what it, let's just jump into the offense cuz I did rewatch this game 3 times. A little a little bit of uh what do they that call that? That sounds like torture right there. What do they call that? Exposure therapy. That's what it was. So the offense in the first quarter it looked like we were going to score a whole lot of points, right? We get that the touchdown drive ending with the Aaron Jones touchdown. And a lot about a lot of things about this offensive game plan I did appreciate from Matt LaFleur because he finally got the ball in Aaron Jones's hands, and I really do appreciate that because that's what we've been asking for. It's just like Joe Barry's defensive game plan last week. I have to give credit where credit is due because Matt LaFleur, wow, <laughs> I don't know if this is really worth praise, but he identified his best player and said, why don't we get the ball in his hands? And they did that. It wasn't good enough. You know, we ended up losing, only scoring 14 points offensively. But exactly. I, at least, That's what I was just going to say, Griff. <laughs> they ended up, and they still didn't do anything on offense enough to win a game. And it's like, I know, maybe man. they need receivers. Like, maybe they actually act, need real receivers out there that can make separation and, and, and catch footballs. Because we had, by my count, I'll say eight drops we had in that game, including, I think Jones had one himself, and Dylan had at least one. And Lazard had at least one, and Romeo had his fair share. And these guys, it's just like, wow. Why can these guys not catch a ball? Because Rodgers, 99% of the time, is putting the ball in the right spot, and it's just not getting caught. I don't understand. That was the biggest thing. I thought Rodgers played well in some of these moments, 
And a lot of those numbers that you would have seen got taken away by some of these drops. And it's just like the offense, that, those were stalling our offense. Yeah, we finished 0 for 6 on third down. And every single one of those third downs is just something that is self-inflicted. Whether it be the first third down of the game, a Lazard, wide open slant, drops it. Oh, man, it's going to be that kind of day, isn't it, Alan? Uh, there was another third down where Romeo drops a tunnel screen. The fourth down and two where Romeo drops the, the wide receiver screen looking thing. Like, <laughs> third down and two, Rodgers throws it at Romeo's ankles and Romeo can't hang on. Just so much garbage on third down. We finished 0 for 6 on third down. Not one third down picked up. Not one. I'm watching the Bears on Monday night pick up third down after third down after third down. And they have, they're probably the one team in the league with a worse receiving core than us. And they're picking up these third downs against Bill Belichick. Like, we really just suck that much. We can't pick up one first down. You're killing me here. And on the last drive of the game that ended with the Rodgers' great throw to Jones rolling left, that last drive, I think there were three, three third downs that were converted via penalty. We were, and those were all, like, really, like... They weren't clear penalties, I would say. They weren't very obvious. They were pretty ticky-tack, and we, we were getting first downs off of those. Like, I've never seen a Packers offense that was just this poor, man. The, the big plays, they're not there. The quick game, it's not there. The run game, it's not there. Everything just sucks. Everything. We really couldn't run the ball well whatsoever in that game, and Jones had his... There was these few plays where I guess they counted some of them as passes, but where they were flipping the ball to Jones and he was kind of running to the outside, those had success. But other than that, we just really weren't running the ball particularly well. Again, A.J. Dillon struggled, can't do anything in the passing game, barely could do anything in the running game. And Rodgers said, you know, we didn't run the ball well enough at all, and they didn't. They just That's part of the reason why we're struggling so much is because we can't do anything in the running game, and that has to do with, a lot with the fact that the protection up front was just so poor. They didn't even let us see how bad the protection is because they just didn't test them with anything that they would have to do for long periods of time in the pocket. Especially when you talk about the running game, it's just like, man, no David out there. They've got the guy. They reshuffled the way they wanted to reshuffle, except Zach Tom. They're trying to help him out, and it's his first game starting on the left tackle spot. It's just like, man, we are just... We can't do anything. So they didn't... And then Rodgers talking post-game about, oh, you know, they only sent one blitz. They didn't really blitz at all. And Rodgers is like, yeah, they didn't have to. Teams are sending four guys against us, putting everybody else out in coverage, and consistently getting pressure. And the reason that didn't happen in the Washington game is because the game plan was designed around get Rodgers getting the ball out of his hands so fast, not throwing the ball downfield barely whatsoever, unless it was some kind of play-action call or Rodgers is rolling out on his own. Just so poor. What an effort. I mean, just pathetic. On all, on all accounts, we need to do better. And the problem is we have the personnel. That's the thing. On the offensive line, like I said, that, that group was supposed to be strong for us. And now it's just not good enough. Week in and week out, it hasn't been good enough. And with David dealing with whatever he's dealing with now, what are we going to do there? The, the running backs we have, obviously Jones is really, really good. But Dylan has just completely fallen off the planet after that week one game where he was so good. He just can't run the football anymore, and he can't do anything in the passing game. I don't know what happened to him. but And that's that's another thing. You can't account for some of these guys just not playing well. They all need to play better. And it's just we, don't, we knew the receivers were going to be bad, but the things that we hoped would kind of carry us were our running game and our offensive line play. 
And those things aren't playing well enough either for us to do anything. So we're beating ourselves in every aspect of the game on offense, and it's just like we can't get anything going. I don't know what to say anymore, Griff. Everyone knows we only ran the ball 12 times in this game. 12 rush attempts. Again, I don't even hate that, right? Because it's the Washington Commanders. On the preview show, I'm talking about how good they are defending the run. We all know how good that defensive front is. I I don't hate that game plan. And the Packers really substituted their rushing attempts with what you were saying. The quick game stuff. The quick screens. The bubble screens. The tunnel screens. All all of the plays designed to get the the ball out of Rodgers' hands quickly. That's kind of a substitute for running the ball because they didn't think they would find a lot of success. Rodgers averaged 2.13 time to throw which is snap to throw that was his lowest of the season his average depth of target was five and a half yards down the field game plan was clearly let's uh try to cover up the offensive line here let's try to cover up the pass protection and i don't think we're going to run it well so let's you know replace it with this kind of game plan and i don't really hate that in theory but that it's not working that whatever you want to call that the quick game it's not working I don't have statistics on this, but I would be willing to bet they are in the bottom five in the league in terms of efficiency off of quick game because it is not working whatsoever. And so now we're at a point where maybe we should just commit to being a run-the-ball type of team, Ron. Maybe we should get off of this hill and just... Maybe we should just hand it off to Aaron Jones 20 times a game and A.J. Dillon 10 times a game. No. Because we we don't have the horses outside to threaten anyone deep we don't have anyone who's going to scare you in the passing game nothing at all scares you about this packers passing offense but then we know we have a good running back we're relying then on josh myers and royce newman's of the world to like put us in position to succeed because they got to open up these running lanes and they rather have that or samari torre Torre looked okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the field. The first play of the game, Torre is on the field. I'm like, this is what we're doing. We've got a seventh-round rookie out there, Goody. See where we're going Oh, my, dude, I, I literally am getting so – I am just fed up with Brian, bro. Like, go get somebody. This is unreal. What is it going to take? Does Alan Lazard need to get his head chopped off in order for us to make a move? <laughs> what are we doing, man? We have nothing. Randall Cobb is hurt. Lazard's in a sling today. Toure is starting. Next thing you know, they're going to go get Freifogel back in the building again. I don't know what <laughs> they're going to do. I can't handle this, Griff. I'm really getting sick of it. Watkins I, is I, one, one route away from injuring his hamstring. Watson is still out. Oh, my gosh. We have nothing and out And these there. are the what guys we that we're supposed, we're, we brought in to supplement this, this receiving group. Like, everyone is injured, and if they're not injured, they're just not very good. Even the guys who are injured, they're just not very good. Well, Griff, again, like, I don't think they're going to just go out there and run the ball 20 times because based on what Rodgers said in the post game and what he did in this game against Washington, the one successful touchdown play that we had that came after that first quarter where we started playing well was the throw to Jones where Rodgers rolled out to his left and hit Jones in stride for that gorgeous touchdown. That was incredible vintage Aaron Rodgers stuff. So in the postgame, I don't know who it was, whether it was Pete Daughtry or whatever, asking him about you know getting out of the pocket and extending plays. I I really do think, moving forward, Rodgers is going to try to play like 2016 hero ball time. Like, I really do think that's the move. I think that's what he's going to do. I know, right? Everyone's been it's, complaining it's, I about think him it's playing coming. hero ball. He's going to show them hero ball. Yeah, he's going to show them, but hopefully he actually does it at a high level. Like, I honestly, th- I'd rather see that because that's where we've had success in some areas. I think Tunyon can do that. 
and I wish Kabi was out there because he's made for that. And I just hopefully he starts to do that and just kind of play street ball and make throws. That's all we can do. That's literally all we can do because the scheme isn't getting these guys open. They're not good enough to get open on their own. It it's, right. it takes Rodgers doing off-schedule stuff. I really think that's something that can work because nothing else is working and it can't get any worse. So I am all in favor. A lot of people are going to be against what I'm saying here, but I am all in favor of Rodgers putting the ball in his hands more, more so, so to speak, than just kind of following the scheme, doing it by the book whatever, I'd rather see Rodgers kind of try to make plays on his own because we cannot get any worse on offense, and I'd rather have the ball in his hands uh, from that standpoint to try to help us win. Yeah, as soon as he said that at his press conference, I knew that that was going to make a lot of people scoff, and I not that I really love that idea of 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers making it a point to make more plays off schedule, but you're right, the scheme is not getting people open. There is just nobody open. Rodgers, his first read almost always is locked up. His second read is usually locked up. And he typically does not have time to get to his third read. That's what I'm saying. Especially these past two weeks, the most productive plays have been Rodgers getting out of the pocket and finding someone downfield. Even that that ball to Amari that Amari I was just about to say that, yeah. Yeah, That was almost an incredible play. And there was a great second reaction from Amari, too. He was on a curl on the sideline. And Rodgers breaks the pocket, rolling right. Amari breaks up the field, and he's open. Rodgers overthrows it just a tad. Amari still should have caught it. Couldn't come down with it. It's okay. You'll get him next time. I appreciate that Amari was making that play. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely better than what we've seen on tape these past couple weeks from a lot of other guys. I feel like Amari's earned some reps, especially when, you know, he's probably our number one receiver now with these injuries. So... Uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see him go out there, and, and I'm kidding. I'm not excited. But he can make plays eventually, I think, if we can give him some more opportunities. But then again, he did fumble in a crucial moment and cost us potentially the game. So Yeah, yeah. Amari's a, he's a mixed bag for sure. But it, I am happy that you know he, he does look good when he's on the field on offense. So I'm excited yeah, to see what okay. he's able to do. You know, yeah. for because like the first few weeks he wasn't even able to get on the field, and now he has been on the field, and he's impressed me a, a, a couple different times. You know, Rogers hit him in the flat on the two minute at the end of the game, and he was able to turn up field for about eight yards. That was a nice play. That second reaction play I just talked about, he had another one where he's on like a quick little slant on a hot route, and Rogers hits hits him on the back shoulder. Okay, Griff. Then let me ask you: We're talking about Amari Rogers being a guy who's going to get on the field. What do you think? there's any excuse for this front office to not add a legit guy in the, whether it's the trade deadline or OBJ because this receiving core is just so poor I can't like do you think it's okay or, or do you see a scenario where we can be satisfied if they don't go out and even if they have to overpay a little bit to go get a guy like Jerry Judy or I don't know if who's available but like is DJ Moore really available who knows is Judy really available who knows Chase Claypool but like why don't why don't they just go and get a guy like that? Because nothing they've done in the draft has worked to get the guys that they like. We we're not we're trying to win now. No, are we not trying to win now? Why don't we go get a guy that we know can play? We have nothing in the in the room. How can you excuse Brian Gutekunst? How can he be lauded for a job that he's done? Or, or touted for being this guy that is a great general manager if he doesn't make a move like this when we know for like the eighth year in a row we don't have enough at the position. It's just I can't, I don't see a scenario. <laughs> like the eighth year in a row. Where, where oh does it make God. any sense for us 
to, it's it's a fireable offense to not have done this at any point to improve the receiving core. It's, it, it is literally a fireable offense, especially after you go and trade away our best player when we needed more in addition to him last year and the year before that, and we didn't add anything. How does it make any sense? Yeah, I typically don't like talking about this stuff during the season because it feels like off-season talk, but we're 3-4, and four, and there's not much positive to talk about, so why not discuss this? But this all comes back to the past three or four drafts, the past three or four years, where we have Devontae Adams, who even him, it's still not enough at that position because it's too easy for a defense to double-team Adams and force Rodgers off of him, and there's usually no one open. Now you don't have Devontae Adams. There's no one guy that the defense has to worry about. No defense is scared of Alan Lazard. No defense is scared of Romeo Dobbs or Amari Rogers. They're not scared of Randall Cobb, though they probably should be. It doesn't make any sense, and it all goes back to these drafts where we were saying, a lot of people were saying that the Packers, they have to make a move at wide receiver because we know, and we were saying that because we wanted that receiver, let's say 2020. In 2020, we wanted to draft a receiver who could come in and contribute right away because in 2019, all we had was Devontae and a bunch of guys, and it wasn't enough. So in 2020, we wanted to draft a receiver in the first round. I was on this podcast saying, it's basically a guarantee that they're going to come out of the first round with a receiver. Who is it going to be? Because we wanted to see that guy come in in 2020 and help take coverage away from Devontae. But it wasn't only because of that. It was also because the depth at that position was terrible and there was no one at the wide receiver position who we thought would be around for five or six years who was going to get a new contract from Green Bay other than Alan Lazard who did end up getting that second contract and now he's our wide receiver one yay but that's why the drafting of Jordan Love the drafting of AJ Dillon it, it, it all comes back and it's coming back to bite us now because now we have to move on from Devontae Adams and we're, we're dealing with the repercussions of not addressing that position year after year after year. And now we're in a spot where we have to address it in order to be a contender because we're stuck with a bunch of guys who probably wouldn't start on any other team in the league. Look around the NFL. Look at the Washington Commanders receiving core. Like, they, they have good players, man. Curtis Samuel is good. Terry McLaurin is really good. They just drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round on top of that. It's the NFL in 2022. You cannot get away with ignoring that position, even if you have Aaron Rodgers. Because now we're seeing what happens. I mean, we have been coming up short for years because we didn't have enough weapons. What, what does it come down to at the end? It, it's a combination of our defense and special teams not playing well enough and the fact that we don't have enough on offense to pass downfield consistently. And especially when the teams are doubling Devontae Adams and you go to the next guy and we're not prepared to do so. And it's just we don't have enough, and we never do. And here we are again, we're having even less than we've ever had before, and we knew that we weren't going to have Devontae, and it's a shock to everybody that we're not playing good enough. And everybody's blaming Aaron Rodgers for this, when yet, year after year, he's given literally nothing to work with. I, I, I don't understand blaming Aaron when we watch the tape and we see none of this is on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously there are throws here and there that he needs to put out there better, but even Griff, the one you talked about that was at Romeo's ankles, that play, right from the start, 
Romeo and Sammy run right into each other, and neither of them do the thing that they're supposed to do. So Rogers is like, what is going on? And he's hesitating, and he sees Romeo open, but he's like, but that's not the play call, so I'm just, like, going to throw it. And he throws it at his ankles. Like, none of this stuff. And then, the, I mean, we could go through every overthrow or whatever, and, and I say overthrow with quotations because those balls were not, you know, all for, on Rogers. let's just say, but... Like, we could do this all day. He's just got nothing to work with out there. These guys don't know what they're doing, and they're either trying to do too much, they're trying to be too perfect when they lose that instinctual part of the game that Rodgers relies on these receivers so much for. That's where the trust comes in. It takes that second level of intelligence, that football IQ, that transcends just knowing the playbook. It's like we need guys who can do that. An OBJ knows how to get open. He knows the nuances of what it means to be open in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position. We need to go and get somebody who can play because we can't be running out there with rookies and expecting to be winning football games in 2022 with Aaron Rodgers and nobody else on offense. God, I miss Devontae Adams. You and everybody else. Our seasons ended these past few years because we didn't have weapons, but Devontae Adams helped us win 13 games three years in a row. Like, we wouldn't be going through this if we still had Devontae. Oh my god, man. I I will say so the drafting of AJ Dillon, which I don't want to I don't want to bash these guys because they're part of the team and we love them now that they're on the team, but the, we, neither of us were happy with the draft pick of AJ Dillon. And a lot of people who were in support of that pick said, "Well, you've got Aaron Jones who is in a contract year, Jamal Williams who is in a contract year. It makes sense to address this position now so you can let one of those guys go and not have to worry about it because you've got a player who will be in year two ready to step in. Yeah, well, we could have done that at the receiver position too, and that's kind of what we were saying. You know, we could, like I said, not only did we want that player that we would, would have drafted to step in and help us right away, but also two years down the line, three years down the line, right now, he would be ready, probably be ready to be a top 10 receiver, top 5 receiver because he'd be in his third year in the league or second year in the league, whatever. You know, that's that's also part of it. But no, we didn't do that. So not only did we never have help for Devontae, but now we're in a spot where we lose Devontae, and we're just absolutely terrible. That's what, I mean, they're just so afraid of making kind of... Look at the past, look at the past few Super Bowl winners, man. When's the last time a team won the Super Bowl without with a receiving cast that looks as terrible as ours does right now? You would think that Brian would take a note or two and realize that you need players that can play to play and win in games. <laughs> Go it's figure. Like, what is, yeah, like, I'm just so sick. What, what is wrong with this organization? Why are we the only ones saying this? And they've got every fan brainwashed thinking that we don't need these guys to be on. Like, they've just brainwashed our entire fan base into thinking that this is how teams are supposed to operate. We are consistently <laughs> mediocre now at that position, and nobody even knows what it's like to have talented receivers other than one guy. Now we don't even have that guy, and people then they're telling people we're going to be okay. And we are terrible, and everybody's wondering why we're terrible, and they're looking to blame who? Aaron Rodgers <laughs> for that? We, we lost Devontae and did nothing with it. It's like, what are we talking about? And Aaron is just such a poor leader, and he's missing throws, and he's and it's like, well, actually, you don't know what's going on on the field, because these guys aren't doing anything that they're asked to do, and they're not doing anything special or talented either, and and Rodgers has to deal with that. And Rodgers is not totally excused from blame, but he is the last person 
I am blaming for this mess because there's nothing up front for whatever reason because we got a ton of talent. We can't protect anybody. And the receivers are so terrible. So, so terrible. Because we just have nothing there either. And then everybody puts the blame on Aaron Rodgers for not playing Superman and carrying us to six wins through seven games. When we have... When he... He's one guy, and 11 players on the field at once need to do everything right in order for a play to have success. And we can't even get multiple guys on a play to do something right. We can't get two guys to be on the same page. Romeo and Sammy running into each other, like, on on a play. (laughs) Rodgers throws the ball. It's like, what are we supposed to do? How is he supposed to do anything with that? That throw he was getting flamed for on Twitter. I think that was his worst throw of the day. It was literally just at Romeo's feet. But you can tell, like, he's talking at his presser after the game about all of the mental errors that took place. And then right after that play is when he's looking at the, the camera catches him. I think he's talking to the floor saying, what the F are we doing? What the F are we doing? And you can see on that play, if you go back and watch it, he, like, Romeo breaks inside. I don't know what the play call is. Neither of they us They literally do. run into Romeo each other in inside. one second They run into each play. other, first of all. Sammy's running wide open. Aaron just looks like he double clutches. Like, he just looks like he doesn't even know what he just saw. And then he, he <laughs> feeds it to Romeo a little bit too late, and it's a terrible throw. <laughs> and it's just like, this is... What, remember when our, what our offense used to look like? This is what we're doing. This is what we're dealing with now. I just wish people would wake up and we like, used to have stop the best team. Aaron. We used to have the best offense in the league. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and this I is mean, garbage. I just wish people would stop like saying it's all Aaron Rodgers. Or, like he needs to be. People are saying he needs to be benched, and people like I. I just how can you have that point of view if you're not a, like I get you're brainwashed. You're I mean like you've been tr- you've been told by Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur that this team is the best team in the world and, like, everything we do is, is the perfect way and every... But, like, then I go, okay, how much are we paying Alan Lazard? They weren't even willing to extend him. And then they're, now they're going and telling fans that he's our number one receiver, but they're not even willing to give him a contract that's anything close to that. He's getting paid, like, $3 million, $4 million. That's not... Devontae Adams getting paid $30 million per year. We aren't paying <laughs> receivers that kind of money, but they're going out and telling you Alan Lazard is a wide receiver one in this league. But he isn't getting paid like it, so which one is it? Like, they can't, they don't have me convinced, Griff. I'm not here sitting, like, thinking Alan Lazard is going to be this special, special player because, A, we've seen him be everything but that in his entire career with the Packers. He's been a solid number four or three for us for several years, and now he's going to be our number one. But we're only going to pay him like a number four, like he truly is. It makes no sense. We're not paying anybody, he's our highest paid receiver, and we're not paying him anything. And, and now people are telling me that this receiving core is okay. We should be winning with this receiving core. They're not paying anybody to play at the position. Why should we be satisfied with that? Why did Rodgers return to this team? I, I do want to... Also, quick note on Alan Lazard. They noted on the broadcast that he was like 43rd in receiving yards in the NFL. And he's our leading receiver. Folks, there are 32 teams. I want to talk a, a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers. I, I think I'm quite moderate on the Aaron Rodgers discourse that has been going on this entire season. Um, I don't think he has played well by his standards, and I know that he does not have a lot around him, and he has no one. He has no help. Let's be honest. He has absolutely no help other than Aaron Jones, and it's hard for a running back to really help out a quarterback. But the the criticism comes when you're when you're talking about how he hasn't been the band aid that we've seen him be, and that's really the my criticism. And it's hard to even criticize a guy in this situation 
because it's like, yeah, not a lot of quarterbacks would be able to succeed. But it, it, he's he hasn't been the Band-Aid. He, he makes big-time throws every single week. We always say this. Every week he's going to have a few throws that are going to wow you. But it's really when our offense is stalling. It's like there are there's no one running wide open, but there are guys who are open enough for MVP Aaron Rodgers to fire it in there and make a big play. And for most of the games, most of these last three games, it just hasn't been there. And that's really the criticism. And also the throws that he misses because he's bound to miss a few throws every single game, which is just the norm this year. Those are really aggravating. And they seem to come at really inopportune times, like on third and two to Romeo. And I know there's miscommunications there, but like still, Romeo is standing right in front of you. Throw it at his numbers and it's at the ankles. Doesn't set his feet. Um, and I think that's really where my criticism comes in. And I, I, it does kind of make sense because there are two things we know about Aaron Rodgers. He never throws interceptions, and it, it takes a lot of time for him to trust a wide receiver. So it makes sense when he's playing with Alan Lazard and a bunch of guys he doesn't trust who can't get open, it makes sense that he's not really firing it in there. But it has come as a detriment to the overall offensive success, and the margin for error is so slim with this team that he is part of the reason that we're not winning games. And if you're going position by position, player by player on the offense, I think Rodgers would be last in terms of blame, but he still does deserve a piece of the larger blame pie, if you will. Yeah, I mean, Griff, any, you could say that when the team is losing... Everybody gets a piece of the blame. I mean, everybody, nobody's playing well enough. It's the, that's just the way it is. But you talk about MVP Aaron Rodgers. There's never been MVP Aaron Rodgers with this level of nothingness on offense from a talent standpoint, from a personnel standpoint. Do you think this is the worst supporting cast he's ever had? I do. I don't think it's close I would agree either. with that, yeah. I don't even I would think it's very that. close. The offensive line, even in some of those years like 2015, at least we had a good O-line. Like we we there's yeah. just like we don't have that. At least you had James Jones, who like, he had chemistry with. There was veteran Devontae guys. was young and could get open. There was some things we had to lean on. Now we have, who, who do we have? Aaron Jones, <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. Jones. And he's our running back, and he's making plays, and he's very good. And they gave him the ball more this week, which was good, but he's throwing to nobody. And I don't want to sound like, I, I keep saying nobody, but it's not enough. I mean, we, you're talking about maybe the worst receiving core in football, and that's, that's what you classify as nobody. I do like the guys we have. We just don't have enough. We don't have a number one or a number two. We have guys that you want on your football team. We just don't have the right guys to be counting on as number one and two receivers. I really liked bringing in Sammy Watkins because he's got veteran experience. I really liked bringing in Christian Watson because I liked him in the draft. He was a good second-round pick, whatever. I really like, obviously, having Randall Cobb, but he can't be our number one if we're trying to win football games. And even though he's played probably our best, in terms of making plays, I think he's been our best receiver this year. But he just hasn't, you know, he's hurt now and he's getting older. Romeo, you won on your football team, but again, fourth-round pick rookie. Like, we can't be relying on these guys. You don't want to rely on him so early in his career. Well, that's God. the problem. We're putting him in the doghouse before he's even got a chance to show what he can do. And now his confidence is getting... It's like these things can hurt a guy very early. 
I mean, Devontae, we were lucky that we weren't relying on him heavily in, at the beginning of his career when he was dropping passes like that because if we were, it probably would have done serious damage to, to what he was trying to do uh, developing as a football player. And he turned and out And we great. were relying on him, but not as much as we're relying on we, Romeo Dobbs right Romeo now. Romeo is our number one, dude. Like, that's... And we keep, <laughs> like, these guys are intercha- interchangeable. Like, Allen's our number one. Romeo's our number one. Amari's our number one. Like, who cares? It's all nothing. So, like... what <laughs> Samari I mean, Torre. Like, yeah. It does... It, every, on any given Sunday, these guys are coming out there. Jawan Winfrey, whoever. Fry Fogel next week, starting on the X. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> These guys are just not, like, it doesn't make a difference. So you look at this group, and it's just like, oh, we really don't have anything out there. But Devontae was, had Jordy and Randall and even other guys that were playing at the level that we could still operate as an offense even if Devontae wasn't making plays. That isn't the case anymore. There's no grace period for these rookie receivers. We needed to come in and play hot right away. It still hasn't happened. The rookie mistakes still aren't gone. It's week seven. We were hoping it would take a couple games and these guys would start showing up and showing out. But it's been seven weeks, and the mistakes are more prevalent than ever. That was maybe the most rookie mistakes I've seen in a game from these guys all season. And that was a game we should have won. I, and Rod, I thought Rodgers threw the ball particularly well on some of these plays, but then they're getting dropped. And like the ones that he doesn't make perfect throws, they're not getting caught either. And then Rodgers gets blamed for it, and he shouldn't be, you know, whatever, and he's getting all this blame, and it's like, I don't know, I'm just, I don't know how you can sit here and say Rodgers should be benched when we would probably never score another point if we had anybody other than him at quarterback with this group. Yeah, again, I said it a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, Jordan Love coming in would be a disaster. Not that it can get much worse, but that would not go well. Where do we even go from here? I, it you do have to put some fault on Matt Lafleur for coming into a season with this type of roster and just not really changing much. I hate being a run the ball guy, but maybe we have to attack this how Mike McCarthy did in Dallas with when Dak Prescott goes out and Cooper Rush is throwing like 15 times a game. Maybe that's the kind of offense that we have to be, and maybe it, it can't get much worse than what we're watching right now. It just can't. So maybe that would be better. Because in Dallas, it's a situation where you lose your quarterback, so you've got a liability at the quarterback position. Well, we have a liability on everything else involved in the passing game except the quarterback. So maybe we do just need to lean on our two running backs who we know are good. And I think that maybe would be a little bit more productive. And the Commanders, they're playing us on Sunday. Like, we had prime Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams both out there with the two high coverage looks totally caught me off guard that's different from how pretty much any team has played us this year i charted it myself the the commanders ran 41 plays with two high with a two high look only nine plays with a single high which is crazy but even against those looks you're not running the ball that maybe is a little head scratching and i do think that it can't get much worse in the passing game the play calls too are just they're they're ridiculous man I mean, I, I, I don't know who this is on because Rodgers is talking about wanting to simplify the offense, but maybe this is a little too simple because every single play is, is slant flat, stick, slant flat, a tunnel screen, stick, shot play, bubble screen. And then Griff, they, slant get, flat. they get too cute with it on the fourth and two to Romeo where they're sending Sammy on an alert, right? But in reality... They're trying to pick up two yards. They're not trying to throw downfield on fourth and two. That's not a play call you make. Just let those two guys block those two guys and let Romeo go get two yards before the third guy can come and get him. 
But instead, Matt LaFleur has this alert in there where, yes, now Sammy's going to be running free, but do we really have time to go and look for that? Because now you make the quick throw to Romeo, you think he's got a chance, and the, the play call to me is just ridiculous because now he's getting tackled by two guys, and what, what good does Romeo or what good does Sammy do running upfield when the, thro- when the ball's already thrown by the time he's getting open? The protection's probably going to be in his lap within another second. And it's fourth and two. You just have to pick up two yards. You're not trying to score on that play. It's just so many. If Sammy were to block on that play, Romeo was walking in for a five yard gain at least. Exactly, dude. Romeo should have. First of all, even regardless, like let pretend nothing of that happened. Like just catch the ball and he's got a first down, Romeo. Like regardless of all of that, take nothing away from the play other than just catch the ball, Romeo. Then we're talking about moving the chains again. But instead, we don't convert, and that's part of the reason why we lost that game as well. And again, Matt Lafleur, another reason, just too complicated. That that's just too complicated for me on a fourth and two. Just let your guy win and go make a play. Instead, Romeo's getting tackled by two guys, can't hang on anyway, and now Sammy's running up down the sideline for what? For nothing because it's fourth down. We have to go get a first down. It's not about trying to score. It just makes no sense. And that was stuff that you saw all game, and and that we see that every week. And it's just the head scratching play calls. The the head-scratching routes. These guys are running. It, it must be too complicated because how are Sammy and Romeo running into each other on a given play? It's just like what it, these guys aren't getting open. They don't know what they're running. And Rodgers, every other play, is going, what the F are we doing? What are we doing? Right into the camera. Like, they got it every time. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, what, what's going on there? Why is, it not, why is it not working? The scheme isn't doing well enough. And Matt gets a lot. Matt should get a lot of blame for that. It's just not enough. He's not doing enough to get these guys open. Rodgers talked about this scheme, regardless of talent level, is designed to get players open. This isn't the Mike McCarthy offense where you're supposed to win your one-on-ones based on the talent level we have versus the talent level you have on defense. It's not like that. So Matt LaFleur certainly has to get some blame for the fact that guys aren't getting open. And then Brian has to get some blame for the fact that we don't have guys that can get open. And there's clearly a disconnect there between Matt and Brian because I'm sure Matt is not happy with the talent level we have. And, and Brian clearly hasn't been willing to add anything to, to help substantiate that. God, there's just so much. It, we talked about how after a loss, there's so much more to talk about than after a win. And that's still true because we could go on all day. We might have to throw in a third show a week because there's just, God, I have so much to say. I'm, I'm not going to get to all of it because we're running pretty long here and we got to get to the defense here. But the offense, I, they've continued to show me nothing. That makes me think there's that there's any way this team turns around unless they because the only thing literally they only think there's two things they can do. Rogers starts playing like the absolute peak of his career. Twenty sixteen carries this team. Twenty sixteen yeah. Rogers is coming back yeah. this week, dude. Or we turn into a run first offense and we're pretty good at that. Or the defense just starts forcing crazy turnovers. I don't know which of those three is most likely. Aaron, there, I don't know. Aaron's gonna try to go into to. God mode this week, 2016. Yeah, he did. Run he did table. hint at that with the off schedule stuff. He did. He's hint going at that. to, and he's probably going to win us this game at Buffalo, bro. Like he is going to be. I think oh, he's going to go crazy. Oh, I don't know if I'm he can so with the guys that are out for this there. Week in Buffalo. I think Rodgers is going to do everything he can this week to kind of show, like, I'm going to just. I, it's it's got to be on me. I think he's going to start doing some old school stuff. I, I hope he does because we have nothing else to lean on. So I might as well no. try it. I'd like to at least see a little vintage. Oh, Aaron that's gonna Rogers. make people so angry. But I'm I'm here for it, man. The one positive from this year to me is like watching Rogers 
kind of like go outside the pocket extending plays and have some nice plays this year doing that, which he hasn't done much at all the past few years, maybe two or three a season in the MVP years or anything under the floor. He's probably done that three, four, five times already, and it's week seven. I want to see him do that more. I want to, That's what I want to see in Buffalo. And plus, they're not. I don't think Buffalo can be prepared for that because we haven't put that on tape. So I, I think there's a chance that that can be the key. If Rodgers goes into some kind of ridiculous MVP mode of 2016 times, run the table, got to get it started somehow. That's a good way to do the it. The interior pressure, the interior pressure has to uh, cool down a little bit for them to really be able to do that consistently, meaning break outside the pocket. But yeah, if he's able to do that, then we're probably going to have a shot because the you know he talks about going off schedule and it irritates people. Because it's like that implies that he's turning down open guys and not playing within the offense. But guess what? This offense is not providing open guys very often. So, you know, it can't get much worse. It really can't. Which is why I'm in favor of A, becoming a run first team and running it 40 times a game. Or Aaron, you know, do whatever you want. I don't care. We're 3 and 4 playing the 5 and 1 Bills. I am really excited for that game. I have no idea why, but I'm, I'm. Just, it's because like there's no pressure, you know. Like everyone expects us to lose. I expect us to lose. We're playing a great team, but I don't know. It just feels like we're gonna show up in that game. I don't know. But let's talk about this defense. Wow, this defense. You know what? I'm uh, second week in a row. I really don't care about the defensive performance because they held them 23 points. This game was on for me. It was really on the offense, just not scoring enough points throughout the majority of the game. But the defense, there were plays where you're saying, wow. Taylor Heineke looks like Brett Favre or John Elway. Like, the tip of the cap to Taylor Heineke for real. He was making some just absurd throws that I'm thinking have no shot of being completed. And almost every single time, they were completed. And he wasn't being punished for these terrible throws. You know, I, Bron, I, I just realized this before we hit record. He had a PFM passing grade of 33. <laughs> a 33 passing grade. Out of, out of 100. 100. <laughs> I mean, it, it checks out because every single play, we were blitzing the crap out of him. And he was just running backwards and just throwing it up to uh, usually an open guy. And he was hardly punished for it except the Devondre Campbell pick six, which was a great play. But man, Taylor Heineke, I, I texted you this earlier, and I hate to say this about a quarterback like Taylor Heineke, but on the touchdown to Terry McLaurin when, with Jair in coverage, and also on that last third and nine with Jair in coverage as well, you, you, sometimes you just can't defend a perfect throw because Jair is in good position on both of those plays, and it's just a perfect throw for whatever reason, and I hate it, but it happens, man. And other than that, other than just the weird... Taylor Heineke plays, I'm not at all dissatisfied with this defensive effort. I, I don't think Jair played well enough. I, I really think he had a really strong week against the Jets. He needed to play better. I think it's hard because it's like he has really good maybe like 10 or 15 plays in coverage against Terry, and you get one or two that just, you know, but like you need to be perfect, and he's supposed to be the best corner in football. He didn't have enough, obviously. I don't think he did enough for us to win. He's got to make a play there. He's got to make a play on some of those other catches. Terry had a deep ball against him for, what was it, a touchdown, I guess, right? Like, he's got, like, yeah. that's not enough. It's one or two plays that separates the game. He didn't do enough. That, so, to me, I think that was a unfortunate part of, you know, he has to play better. You don't expect Jair to not play well. But he didn't have a good enough game for us to win. And then I thought Rasul played really well. 
I thought Devondre played really, really well. That was refreshing to see those two guys who were we were leaning on last year to be those defensive all-pro type players. They played really, really strongly. It reminded me of what we did last year a little bit because of how successful they were with the guys that had so much success last year, basically. And Jair didn't play well enough for me. Jair, it's it's tough for me because Jair, he had a he had a tough day at the office. But cornerback is position like offensive line, offensive tackle especially, where you have two bad reps and all of a sudden you had a really bad day at the office. And it's true because those two bad reps turned into touchdowns for Washington and a third and nine conversion to ice the game. But it, that stuff happens, man. Cornerback is maybe the toughest position on the field. Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in how many years? He's been burnt a million different times. Even in the Super Bowl, he was burnt by Jamar Chase. Sometimes yeah. it happens. And that touchdown I mentioned earlier was just a perfect throw. Literally, he dropped it in his shirt pocket. Like It looked like the Geronimo touchdown from week one against Chicago in 2018. The comeback on one leg. Like, just the perfect throw. Go ball down the sideline. Not much separation. Like, that was just, it was, that throw was incredible. I was dumbfounded at that throw. Jair, you know, yeah, you want your guy to make a play there, but I'm not, I, what I really hope is that Joe Barry doesn't shy away from having Oh my gosh, imagine Jair. they stop trailing now. Imagine they yeah, stop doing yeah, that. Yeah, that, that would suck. suck. That would suck. Ugh. Because it's like, this stuff happens, man. Sometimes you're going to get burnt. But for most of the time, Jair was in good position, and he was covering him well. But just a couple plays, you know, just a couple plays. And um, in one of those plays, the third and nine, Taylor Heineke's under pressure by Kenny Clark, and he literally just chucks it up, you know. Th- had his eyes closed if also. You, yeah, also had his eyes closed. If you run that play back a hundred times, how many times is it getting completed? Maybe two. I guess you're right, Griff. And then, but like, again, like we talk about Rashawn Gary. He's so, so good. But we talked about this earlier. He's just like not setting the edge enough, and guys are running right past him, and that's part of the why, part of the reason why our run defense is so poor. But then you look at Preston on the other side, and he's dominating in the running game. Man, he is so good. But like, it just we have this weird way of like these guys aren't showing up in every spot we need them, and it seems like we fold as a team collectively, especially when you talk about our defense. When it matters most, these guys just aren't making those key plays. We had a lot of really good moments in that game. Devondre making that turnover, like, that was so impressive. I loved seeing him get the ball in his hands and then going and getting a pick six. Like, we don't get those very often in Green Bay. It's a lot of fun. Rasul was the only person that really brought that back for us. Otherwise, it's been many, many years since we were consistently getting any pick sixes whatsoever. So it's nice to see that. And then Kenny, you know, he's been consistent for us, but, like, just not a lot of consistency overall. And then when it comes time to, like, we got to get this this play, it's like fourth down, got to stop them, or third down, got to stop them. Like, we just haven't been able to get those. That play against Jair with McLaurin, like, that's the kind of play we need to get so we have two minutes to go down and just get a field goal and win the game. It's like, but no, we have to let it up. Like, And we just had to let them get whatever. And it's like... We just have to play better collectively in order for us to do better on offense, in order for us to do better on defense and special teams. Can't be making those crucial mistakes, man. We just can't be doing it, and yet we do every week. One of these weeks, and it's got to come together soon, hopefully this week against a good Buffalo team, they're very, very good. If we come out and win this game, do everything collectively, it could change our season. But again, even that only gets us to 500, 4-4. We have to start doing this consistently. And there's no guarantees. We have no other option, though. It's time to either start winning 
or we're not making the playoffs this year. So it's it's got to start now. And we've said that like eight weeks in a row, but it's got to start now. And I, I here's a hot, I just want to say one quick other thing too. I think we got to play better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt Lafleur. Do you really? Yeah, Matt Lafleur. That was yeah. That was that was a very Lafleurian comment. Yeah. The defense. I just I have a hard time blaming this one on the defense, really, because I think hmm. they did come to play. Especially I'm not early blaming on. the defense whatsoever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. think they played bad. I thought they played really, really good ball for most of the game, but then you get to these key points and they never show up. It seems. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And that the 39, I put it on my story earlier. I mean, we had everything we wanted on that play. Kenny Clark beating the offensive guard in Taylor Heineke's face. There was tight man coverage. They were pressing on the line of scrimmage. Jair was shadowing Terry McLaurin. And it's a, it didn't even matter. So it, it feels like something that would end our season. That play felt like a season ender. It was very crushing when that happened. It reminded me most of the Antonio Brown sideline catch from uh, the Steelers game in 2017 with Brett Hundley on Sunday night. Yeah, whatever. I'm the king of doing crap like that, you know? Just like you're the only bringing person up that's things that be like, yo, most people right. don't remember, and also it doesn't mean anything to anyone. But, no, but the linebackers good. I thought you're, played you're well. You're good like that. You're good like that. Thank you. Um, Devondre Campbell finished the game with a 94.3 PFF grade, which was the highest of his career, entire career. Going back to last year, I found that surprising. I thought for sure he would have had a grade higher than that last year because PFF loved him last year. But he didn't. It was the highest of his career. First game this season without a missed tackle. Oh, my God. Praise the Lord. I can shut up about it. Everyone can shut up about it. He played really well. He came to play. Quay Walker, he's been on like a like a four or five game slid um, these past few weeks. But Sunday against Washington, I thought he played really well. And I, I was really surprised with the amount of blitzes that Joe Barry sent. We sent, I think it was the number was 19 blitzes against Taylor Heineke, which I find surprising because, you know, we have such a good front four. We have such a good pass rush. You would expect them to just trust that pass rush. But it does make sense that the game plan would be coming into this game. It's Taylor Heineke. Why not put him under pressure? Problem is, he performed really well under pressure. <laughs> he converted five first downs under pressure. Against the Blitz alone, he went 10 of 14 for 124 yards and a touchdown. And all these plays, all of those five first downs that I just mentioned, all of them were literally, like half a second away from being a sack a drive ending sack but no instead he was able to just float the ball out with his eyes closed and uh someone was there to make the catch and that's that's what happens that's the riskiness of blitzing that's why i'm usually not a huge fan of sending a ton of blitzes like that because stuff like that can happen but um i i can't really hate on the game plan too much this is not a i hate joe barry type of week for me the way i look at it washington ran 72 offensive plays the packers ran 47 offensive plays. Part of that's because the Washington went long drive, pick six, right back on the field for a long drive and a touchdown. The Packers offense was off of the field for pretty lengthy stretch there with the Packers defense on the field. But regardless, when you're when you're on the field for 72 plays, you're probably going to give up a few big plays. And they did that. You know, there were times where you want them to be in better position, but a lot of that comes back to the game plan coming into this week being cover zero, cover one, fire zone blitzes, trying to get in Taylor Heineke's face. That was the game plan, and it really didn't work out very well. But that's going to happen. And even though I say it didn't work out very well, the Commanders, they scored 23 points. This was This game was very winnable. This game is on the offense. I think everyone could agree this game was on the offense. 
and uh, that's why we spent so long talking about them. But that's going to do it for the show, I believe, Bron, unless you have anything else to say. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Today in Titletown. Follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers. Follow Bron on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And uh, tune in this Saturday um, where we're going to be previewing the Buffalo Bills that Bron and I are both very excited for that game. So make sure to listen to that. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss that episode. And rate the show five stars on iTunes or Spotify. Leave a review. Send us feedback on Instagram. If you like the show or hated the show, we appreciate it regardless. And that will do it. <sighs> it's going to be okay, everyone. Three and four. A lot of football left. Is there a lot of football left? Yeah, there weeks. is. 11 weeks there of is. ball left. All right. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening, everybody. As always, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.